Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. Start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Welcome back to the latest edition this Saturday the 10th of October. We look back on a controversial week in the GAA and ask if there's one rule for some and one rule for others. So join me, Kevin Galvin, on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we look back on the level 3 restrictions that have been a huge blow for sport across the region. Drumminch forward Dee Curran speaks about her side's crushing disappointment of not being able to contest their Munster Camogie final tomorrow. It shouldn't have been done in the first place. The overall situation of Covid is too serious for us to react like that. And we hear from James Coleman, chairman of Carrick Motor Club, as the Ravens Rock Rally was forced to be postponed days before one of the southeast's largest motorsports events. We were going to set the benchmark and I think if we had got it across the line, Wexford would have ran also and I think Killarney would have ran in December. So it would have been a great start to getting back at what we do. But first, after a tumultuous week in the GAA with scandals in Glanmire, Black Rock and right here in Dungarvan, Tipperary native and Irish Examiner journalist Stephen Barry is standing by on the phone. Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. So we're delighted to be joined on the phone by Stephen Barry, uh, Irish Examiner, GA journalist, a sports journalist in general, Stephen, a uh, bit of an all-rounder. Uh, but I suppose, look, we, we have you on this week to talk specifically about what's been happening in GA circles. A controversial week uh, in the club championship, um, a final week for the moment as things are suspended. Um, tell me kind of what, what have you been at this week? What games have you managed to cover last weekend? And, and what's the kind of situation been uh, for yourself in, in terms of reporting on matches? Well, I was working out at the office mainly this weekend following a lot of the court championships. There was a lot of, I suppose, hurling games closing off at that end. And I suppose it's kind of the end of the line for most of the club games coming very soon down the line had things not been suspended. Um, I know the Waterford football final is still to be played, the Cork football final. But I think 53 senior finals across the country out of 64 have been played. So I suppose it's an unprecedented thing to... We're in unprecedented times, but it's an unprecedented thing to call off a wide array of games when it was so close to the end. But I suppose the scenes that have been seen haven't reflected well on the GEA um, in general, the scenes, I suppose, in the stands, maybe things could have been done better there with distancing. And then, I suppose, off GA premises as well, there's been celebrations and such that um, were catching a lot of public attention and couldn't be ignored. Yeah, and I suppose you're living down in Cork at the moment. Um, as, you know, I'm a, I'm a Black Rock man myself, but I have to say, watching the video of them coming up Church Road the other day, um, with everything that a lot of the other sports have been doing, trying so hard to get going and be social distance, it was a real kind of slap in the face, wasn't it, to a lot of people to see those kind of scenes that we saw on Church Road last Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure intentions were good. I'm sure it was the plan was to walk them down the street and have people distanced at the side of the road, but it didn't end up that way. And I know the Cork GA chair, a person, Tracy Kennedy, was saying that it's not about individual blame, that there's human nature involved in these things and people get carried away when, I think, Black, Rock, Black Rock's case was first title in nearly two decades. I mean, other clubs around the country have had first titles in their history or first in 50, 60, 70 years. So... There is a human nature element to it too, and but it just doesn't chime with 
the national mood as it is. And I suppose really, when you see teams like that, they're not isolated either. And there's been a lot of finals. There's been a lot of stuff that's hit the media. Some stuff, I mean, hasn't as well. It's kind of just a snapshot of what is happening out there when teams are winning matches. And it just, the GA just kind of haven't that control over things at the minute. And I know it's a bit of a turnaround for them. They've been questioning Neffet's decision to allow so few supporters into matches only in August, I think it was. And now they've called off their own games because of the scenes we've been seeing. And it's, I suppose, saving face for them in a way and just pres- preserving the future of the Intercounty Championship, which is coming down the line in only a fortnight's time now. Is there much face to be saved, though? I mean, it, you know, for a lot of people, they all, you know, in other sports involved around the country, there seems to be this kind of idea that there's one rule for the GA and one rule for others when it comes to planning, when it comes to um, grant money being given. We saw whatever, uh, 40 million euros being given to uh, that's that stadium down in Parky Cueve where BlackRock had uh, beat the Glen Rovers last week. Um, and this kind of adds to it, doesn't it? The sense that, you know, we're all in this together unless you're in the GA and in which case you can do what you want. It depends what perspective you're coming from. I mean, people who have that opinion will definitely, this will only add to it. I mean, there'll be people in GA who would feel that they get the finger blame pointed at them a lot with the profile some of these matches get. So it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other. I know there's a 40 million fund that I think has been divided between the three major associations, the GA, uh, the IRFU and the FAI. Um, to help games continue. I think GA is getting the region of 15, 18 million of that maybe. And that's with a view towards continuing the county championship. So, I mean, from that side of things, the GA is probably gets more media profile and that reflects interest as well as a lot of things. But in this case, definitely things could have been done better. And they'll have to take the negative publicity from that. I mean, they had a lot of positive publicity coming into this um, from, I suppose, during the lockdown and they t- did have a lot of good steps towards setting up modules that people had to take before going back to training but um, some of that stuff kind of seems to have gone out the window, unfortunately, in recent weeks. Um, I suppose another case is the one in Dungarvan, um, a player who had suspected or had already taken a COVID-19 test playing in an intermediate final. Um, Dungarvan went down and won it. Um, there, you know, there's now, I think, uh, any number of, of people that have been kind of unable to go to work, including at the factory in GSK, which produces Panadol, among other things, um, due to this con- contact with this player. Um, like, how can the GA reconcile that I know the Waterford County Board released a statement during the week saying that it was on, under investigation. But what do you think would be the kind of potential penalty, penalties for for Dungarvan? Is there a chance that they might have the title stripped off them? Could they be banned from from Championship games going forward? Or um, you know, what's have you got any inside the examiner? Have you anybody kind of inside that 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 knows a little bit more about what's going on? I suppose it's a pretty unprecedented situation. I don't imagine there's a rule specifically for something like this, given that. It's, as far as we know, I mean, a one-off and the pandemic itself is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So, I mean, in terms of a rule, you might be looking at, I suppose, bringing game into disrepute. Potentially, I don't know what's been looked at there. Um, and potentially, I don't know, a fine you could be talking about. I don't know, could you be talking about a suspension or anything stronger than that? I mean, it's very much unprecedented in that sense. Um, I suppose... The decision itself it was just a notably um, baffling decision. I mean, even 
taken the club at its word that it was a genuine error. It's just, uh, you know, knowing the amount of public communication out there, the GA communication out there, the fact that if you have a COVID test, you're sent a text reminding you every day to restrict your movements and even just general common sense um, when you're awaiting a result of that. Um, it's a particularly baffling case um, and a pretty unprecedented one for the GA to deal with in Waterford. You're speaking about the Intercounty Championship there now. What's the feeling among you guys in the examiner in terms of how that is looking? Um, like we know that the games are, to, are due to start around the end of the month. We know that even in the in the ladies' calendar, that's even earlier than that. Seventeenth of October is the opening start for the for the Camogie Championship. Um, what's the chances of that going ahead? Could it be delayed? Would would would, would even the calendar allow for a delay? It's precarious. There isn't regal room really there. I know even. Um, there's league games a few concluding league games to be played in the GA in next week next weekend and Fermanagh um, have a case in their camp and rules in the north mean that they will only be available to play or return to training even on the day their first match is due back so they're already looking for postponement and they could be in relegation trouble there so that is a problem for the GA straight away and in terms of the championship itself it's such a tight calendar that I think if any squad is hit by a case that rules them out of action, there really isn't room to postpone games. And I think the GAA themselves have said All-Ireland semi-finals and finals can be postponed. But apart from that, games will only be postponed if there's a free week which could accommodate a postponement. And I think that only applies to maybe five games out of the out of all those that will be played now between October and December. So it'll be obviously great to have a championship, but I mean with cases going up and cases known within in Fermanagh and Armagh and different places across the country it is a case that if there is an outbreak counties could be eliminated which is just I suppose these games have to be played but it's it'd be deeply unfortunate if it happens and we hope it doesn't but it is kind of on a knife edge really and will remain so um, throughout the championship Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports Beat Extra so after last week's elation, this week's disappointment for John and Inch, um, you know, beating Kalidi last weekend in the uh, Munster Senior Camogie uh, semi-final um, to get through to the, this what would have been tomorrow's final against uh, Clare champions Ina Kilnamona. Um, I'm joined by wing forward D Dunn. I suppose D, look, that that's kind of the first question I'm going to ask you after the elation of, of last weekend, um, you know, and and the excitement of the potential of a, of a, of a Munster final uh, this weekend how, how, how's the feeling in the camp now there must be you must be massively disappointed yeah it's unusual I suppose Kevin like we're we went from last week with such highs and lows kind of during the week and then I suppose with the new restrictions in we're all kind of I suppose we're in limbo really of where we go for the week and you know with, with tomorrow's game everyone was so looking forward to and so excited but to look we're kind of this is where we are and we can't really... It's it's made made for the right reasons, I suppose, and that's what we have to keep in the back of our mind as well. Yeah, I know you say for the right reasons, but it must be very frustrating all the same when, you know, there's... Especially when a lot of this kind of stuff seems to have emanated more from the men's side, if I'm right. You know, you see some of yeah. the pictures and you see some of the videos, even as as people with long-time listeners know I'm a Cork native and seeing BlackRock and Glanmire, some of that stuff. It must be intensely frustrating when you guys are following the rules and then you see other counties and, and other codes not doing so and you guys are the ones that are being punished. 
Yeah, I suppose um, what you're alluding to is the celebrations in Cork, I'd imagine. But it's, yeah, it, it is frustrating as a player because we went back, we'll say during lockdown, we were all doing our own bit at home, training all year, kind of as much as we could. And then when we got back to the field, I suppose everybody was so excited about it and to get back and any games you got to play was a bonus. And then to see championship being allowed, being pushed so far and to get to county finals and then on to provincial finals, you know, it was, it was a real... I suppose, boost for all players. And, yeah, to see other kind of, I won't even say a code, but to see other teams um, probably taking advantage of it and maybe kind of letting emotions overwhelm them and then it's kind of go to celebrations and stretch them as far as they did in places like Cork and that. And, unfortunately, with social media and all the kind of, you know, the hype around it at the moment, when you do anything like that, it's going to be in the public eye. And, unfortunately, for the Cork teams, that's just the way it happened and it shouldn't have been done in the first place. The I suppose the, the overall situation of COVID is too serious for us to react like that. So, um, yeah, it, it is frustrating. Like, we won the county final and um, win, lose or draw, like every team just wants to celebrate with their team and, and do the best you can. But we really have to just bear in mind the restrictions that are in place at the moment and that's going forward for all teams. So, yeah, it is frustrating in a nutshell, it is, yeah, because we, we, like, should have had a monster final tomorrow, should be lined out to play it, and now we're forced just to go back to a training field next week or the week after, whenever we decide to go back, and I suppose regroup and look to maybe after Christmas at this stage, there hasn't been anything set out for dates for the next championship match, or for the monster final, yes, but it's looking like after Christmas at this stage, so it'll be a long winter for us um, training now, Bear in mind, we're not complaining either. We're in a great position. And it's a great, you know, complaint to be playing a monster final after Christmas, but not what we planned, obviously. But from being in it and, and your experience, like, what are your feelings kind of heading into that, that inter-county? Or, or what are the girls that are that are involved? What are their feelings? I, I, we'd, we'd Ashing Maloney on from the um, from the, the ladies' yeah. football side a, a few weeks ago. Um, and, you know, there, there's still quite a bit of uncertainty about it, even coming up to the, the opening weekend. So uh, how did the girls feel kind of heading into that inter-county season? Well, I suppose it's hard on them too. Like, as I said, a lot of the girls are training. Well, all of them are training club all year round. And now they have to face, and it, it's really and really unprecedented inter-county scene as well. And training this time of year, playing county matches when the, the ground is getting soft. Do you know, the girls are tired from playing club championship all year. You know, it, it is a tough ask to, you know, to ask them to go into a really uncertain championship that could be pulled from under our feet, you know, in, in the matter of hours, really, at this rate. So I don't, like, it's, like, I wouldn't... I, I, it's obviously it's a great privilege to go back and play it and to go back and play county but it is a tough ask on them like these girls have, have given so much to club and county for the last number of years and it's you've asked the question is it the right time of year to play it I'm not sure if I was given the chance to play it like and, and play into county obviously you're going to jump at it um, but I just hope that if they do start it that they will get to finish it and, and get a good championship out of it because it is tough but this year of all years, with the uh, such highlight on women's sports, the streaming of matches has been unbelievable, and it's really, I think, raised the profile of club sports and, uh, or sorry, club teams within the the country as well. So, inter county levels, we'll probably get that bit more exposure as well, and it's really good for girls, bring especially younger girls on that maybe have just joined an inter county panel. It's really good exposure for them, and you know, it'll keep them playing. It'll 
it'll give us something to watch as well during the winter as well and keep our, all the clubs, you know, for I'm sure Ina girls and our own girls, we love to see them stay in training competitively over the winter as well to help us out when it comes to the Munster Championship. So, look, it is positive. It's just so uncertain with the year that's in it and that's just something that none of us can, can manage either. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I just hope it's a very good championship all around and all the players get to really show off their skills and maybe play in pitches that are able for it rather than bring them to kind of lowering pitches that might get waterlogged or, you know, kind of might bring down the standards of the game because these, you know, the, the matches for the last while have really highlighted the skill that's involved. So maybe show it off and put them on decent pitches and let them use the stadiums or wherever they need to just to show off that if they need to. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. The theme of this week's show is of events being cancelled, games being cancelled, people left disappointed. Um, continuing that team, um, I have uh, Chairman of Carrick Motor Club and Clerk, of course, for the Ravens Rock Rally, which was due to be happening today, um, James Coleman. Um, James, I suppose, look, um, very disappointing for you guys. Um, it was going to be a big weekend for you. You had a lot of entries. Um, I suppose tell us kind of the the the, the decision making that's that's that went ahead, and was it the, the level three that kind of finally was the last nail in the coffin, so to speak, that meant you have to postpone the event, or was it was it something you were kind of knew, knowing that you needed to have done kind of in the days lead up to it? Yeah. Oh no. Thank you. First of all, again for having me on. Um, Oh, look, it's great disappointment for, for everybody involved. I mean, Carrick and Joe Motor Club were 62 years old at this point, and it would have been our 49th running of the Ravens Rock Rally in the region. Um, this year, we were obviously intended running a, a, a downgraded event, a mini-stage event, as it would be called, two stages, three times, in the Coast Road, uh, Bunmahan, Stroke, um, Kill, Kilmeaden area. Um, we had a hell of a lot of work put into it over a short period of time because obviously there's six months minimum work in preparing a multi-stage rally event. But we got it all together in the space of two months in anticipation that things would keep improving and that we would be in a position to run. Um, hell of a lot of work, obviously, for the last month in particular. But thanks to the stakeholders involved, I mean, the County Council, the Gardaí, the HSE events people, um, in fairness, they gave us great support and it gave us the encouragement to, to move forward um, I suppose was one of the concerns leading up to the event because obviously there's, there's a huge amount of, of um, you know uh, competitors that are coming down from the north as well like the, just the rising numbers up there was that a concern for you as well even before we started to hear the numbers in terms of down south Oh yeah of course I mean like, numbers were always going to be a concern and uh, you know some weeks ago Waterford was a, was a major concern mm-hmm. but in fairness to the people of Waterford they, they, they really seemed to get it well under control uh, we had it in Tipperary where I live um, some weeks earlier and the same thing it, it seems to go in waves but you know we, we couldn't we couldn't plan or not plan in anticipation of figures obviously because there's just so much time uh, effort and money involved in the preparation we had to just assume things would be okay or you'd never motivate yourself as a volunteer to do the work and you know you're, you're motivating the team and there's a lot of people involved there's been 15 20 people heavily heavily involved for the last month six weeks in particular and you have to work on the assumption that you know things will be okay and we can run we, we were very comfortable i mean there was a return to sport document produced by motorsport ireland for the government task force which was proved for motorsport in general, and then you've got your various disciplines within the sport, and rallying being one of them, which is due lock up and see. 
we went back at that then with the government task force and got that approved, um, subject to various uh, regulations. Um, so then we were comfortable that our event complied with Level 2 guidelines, um, which included, in our opinion and, and the governing body's opinion, that competitors could compete from any part of the country, including Northern Ireland, um, provided the event was being run in a Level 2 restricted area. So up to that point, we were dead comfortable we could run. However, then uh, the anticipated announcement the other evening um, of a level three throughout the country. I mean, we had our minds made up. We had our press release ready at two o'clock that day. We just waited. We're waiting for me all, Martin, to make the statement because we you can't work on assumptions, as you well know. Yeah, absolutely. But in fairness, even just looking here, like there was a 13 point document that was sent out to all uh, volunteers and officials that were, were involved in the rally um, you know fairly comprehensive um, protocols um, going into it so I suppose was it you know you said just a, a lot of work particularly in the last month was it like how difficult was the last week then kind of knowing that this was on the way like if it was talks NEFID obviously had that level 5 recommendation which would have been even more um, severe but, you know, how difficult was it just for you guys having done all that and finally be in the stage where next week you were looking forward to it to have that taken away from you? Yeah, very disheartening because, you know, like apart, apart from us as a club and we trying to produce the platform and put on a platform for, for our competitors and our members to compete. I mean, we've 180 members in our own club, not all competitors, I might add. In fact, a small number of competitors at this point. But, you know, it's a huge amount of work by volunteers, but the level of support we got and the level of entry, uh, we, 24 hours, we had 150 crews entered for the event. And as you said, from all over the country, I mean, the enthusiasm they showed and and, and the willingness to back us and enter the event instantly once it uh, became live. It would have been the first rally within six months mm. and we would have set the benchmark. But to be fair, I suppose if any club was going to do it, we were going to do it as a club. I mean, we're, we're long established with a lot of seasoned campaigners with a lot of experience and we were the first event to run also after foot and mouth, if you remember some years ago when that when that came in and rallying was cancelled and everything was cancelled. Uh, Carrick and Shore ran the first event then as well. So, we were going to set the benchmark, and I think if we had got it across the line, Wexford would have ran also, and I think Killarney would have ran in December. So it would have been great um, start to getting back at what we do, and then hopefully next year things would be brighter and better, and maybe the restrictions would be less. But it was difficult now, I have to say, and a difficult decision. Well, not a difficult decision. We were always clear we wouldn't run a level three. Um, but, you know, it was hard to take, I suppose. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. A, a difficult consequence of, of something that's completely really out of your control. Um, I suppose, and I, I, I had um, D done on the show earlier um, from the Camogie side of things, and we've seen the differences in terms of sport and, I suppose, certain clubs in terms of how seriously they take, have been taking the guidelines. Like, uh, you know, has it been, was it disappointing for you to kind of see some of the stuff that came out last weekend and then to know that you guys won't be able to run having put all the work in to make sure that things like even looking at number eight which is so interesting on your protocols like the event not being advertised nor our maps being published like it would be so usual for for the rally programs for guys to come out and to, and to head along and find their own patch and you would imagine that that could be reasonably well done socially distancing but you guys were taking no chances so was it kind of difficult to see that then during the week of all the, the kind of big events and the big celebrations after county finals etc etc 
Yeah, I don't know, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, you tend to get that with other sports where they all end up in the same location and it's a big celebration. That doesn't tend to happen in motorsport, to be fair, because obviously most guys are driving home to where they come from and all that. Yeah. But, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we ha- obviously as a club, uh, we couldn't stop anybody going anywhere. We were really appealing to our supporters and spectators not to come to protect our sport for the future and, and hope that we could run off a good, safe event. Um, that said... Uh, I suppose we've spent, you know, 40 years encouraging spectators to come, uh, advertising our events, promoting it, producing a program, selling advertising, producing maps, entry lists, you know, big interest. Oh, such a guy is doing it in a new car and such a guy is doing it in a new car. You get the people to come and, you know, you market it like our hotel partner for years. There has been Julie's Hotel in Watford and, you know, we have a fabulous relationship with them. And, you know, you're, you're, you work with them so closely they support you so well and you want bed nights in the town, you want money spent in the town. The local council are very good to us from their event point of view. And, you know, you, you kind of feel in one way you're letting all those people down, but equally then, you know, you're telling your spectators stay away after you, you know, hope they'll come for years. It, 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 that is the difficult part. Yeah. It's a love-hate relationship, really, you see. Yeah, absolutely. But I suppose the thing is, is just to, to you know, you hope that next year when it comes around we'll be in a much better position and, and you'll be able to get those people to come back again. And even as you were you were saying to me just off air there, the amount of work that you've put in ahead of the event means that now if things do start to look up and, and fingers crossed we do move uh, down a level that um, a lot of the work will be done so it shouldn't be too difficult for you guys to try and get everything together to, to get the Ravens Rock Rally ahead in 2020. Oh, not at all. I mean, we, we reboot the event in, in within two weeks comfortably. Obviously, the road closing, which which carries a statutory time limit. When you when when the council when you talk to the council and explain to them what you're doing, they advertise the road closing. They have to do that in a set period, and then obviously, if there's no um, legitimate ob- objections, and they make their decision to grant it, and then they have to publish that one week out as well. Um, you know, that's that that's really what will take the time. Um, I think we'd fill the entry again in the space of 24 hours. And all our people were in place like that. The most unusual thing about this event, it takes about 150 marshals to create a safe environment out there on your, your stages. Obviously, one of our stages was nearly 14 kilometers and one was nearly 15, like 24 locations per stage. And we were actually operating over 92 kilometers. So, you know, that's what makes the, the, the restrictions kind of difficult for us. It's not like a pitch in Watford or a pitch in Clonmel or... A, whatever, you know, we, we, we were operating over 92 square kilometres, so it's very hard to look at the guidelines and say, oh, if we do have spectators, we can only have 200, if you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got that. But, but, but it's hard to argue that, because we are a minority sport, other be a very popular sport, we are a minority sport, so we get put into the etc. bracket all the time. When the government talk about sport, it names all the ball games, uh, etc. Then, so we're in the etc. bracket, which is unfortunate, really, but Look, people know for what we are, and they know Motorsport Ireland, Stroke, Carrigan Shore Motor Club in particular, take things very serious when it comes to, you know, all parts of the sport and the protection of the sport and the future proofing of the sport. So, you know, from that point of view. This is Sportsbeat Extra. That's all from this week's Sportsbeat Extra. You can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcasts. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.